And I'm Crispin. In this podcast, we will be listening to the adventure show that has been put out by Focus on the Family for the past 30 years. If you grew up evangelical like us, there's a good chance you've heard an episode or two. We'll be on the lookout for themes and messages in the show that coincide with and sometimes depart from God's in the world. Thanks for listening with us. Welcome back to Prophetic Imagination Station, the podcast. A podcast where we look at evangelical subculture, mostly Adventures in Odyssey, and uh, nitpick it to death, mm-hmm. right? Yep. No, we're looking for themes of dominant theology. What does that mean, Crispin? It's a good question. Uh, <laughs> since you put me on the spot. That you're not prepared for. Right. Dominant theology, I think... Wait, is there a spider? No, it's just a fly. Actually, when I first came out no. here, there were all these dead no. flies in one part of the... Okay. What does that mean? I don't know. I cleaned them all up. Don't worry. I describe would describe it. dominant theology as theology that upholds and supports the dominant culture re- remaining in power. Mm-hmm. Right? And so maintaining the status quo was probably a succinct way. Right. Yes. It, right? Yes. yes. There we go. Yeah. So we look for theology that maintains the status quo. Yeah. And so uh, for those who are new to our podcast, I'm D.L. Mayfield. Uh, my, my real name is Danielle, <laughs> um, but I write as D.L. Mayfield. And I'm Crispin Mayfield, and I'm just Danielle's husband. And I grew up in evangelical land, right? Like I am a pastor's kid, was homeschooled for most of my life up until 11th grade, and I listened to Adventures in Odyssey occasionally, not all the time. I was like the road tripper Odyssey person, which I think is like an actual category of people. Um, so that's that's where I'm coming from. And I have a terrible memory. So I, I like I don't remember any of these things. What about you, Crispin? I am a I can do you one better. I was a missionary kid. Right. You're more holy. It's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Right. It's true. And I listened to Adventures in Odyssey since I was like five. And you're like ride or die. Yes. Right. You know what I that think... means? you know what that slang means? No. Okay. It means you're really into it. Okay. For so life. there <laughs> – well, I was until we started doing this podcast and it ruined everything. I think there are three categories of Odyssey listeners. Okay. Road trip – yeah. Then there are people that listen to it weekly on their radio as it came no, out. No, hardly anybody really did that. I know it's it's a it's an uh, very uncommon category. Okay. And then there are people that got the tapes or CDs and listened to them all the time. We're and we're into you tape people. We're really into you. You know the ones who listen to it back in the day. However. What we are going to be doing with season three is we're going to be talking more about more recent episodes. So I think a lot of people don't know that Focus on the Family is the organization behind Adventures in Odyssey, this radio program that is incredibly successful, very long running, and it's still going to this day. How many episodes have they made? I don't know, but I think Oh, it's like one billion. I think they recently celebrated their 30th anniversary, though. I mean, we talk to people like we do a podcast and, you know, and then people are like, wait, what? It's still going? Yeah, we're like so famous because we do this podcast. No, (laughs) that is not what I'm saying. If you listen to this, you are an amazing person. That's what I have to say. You're one of five amazing people. The point is the episodes we're going to be talking about have never touched a tape. (gasps) Oh! 
That is how recent they are. They're post-tape world. Yes. They're only on CDs and streaming. Yep. So it, it might be kind of weird. So people who are long-time, you know, Adventures in Aussie fans or people who grew up listening to in your childhood, you probably haven't heard the episodes we're going to be discussing in this season. Although, if you're Aussie. like me, uh-huh. you will be so, so, so very excited that Detective Harlow Doyle is in it. And I don't think he was, like, in it since the early 90s, but they brought him back. And if you're like me, you will just find it enraging and maddening. But we shall get to that. First things first, we just got to go through a little bit of housework. House cleaning. Something. Talking about... Okay, we haven't done this podcast for a few months. We're very sorry. We know we promised we were going to do season three all about McGee and me, and we just didn't. It was too boring. It was normie. Yeah. It, it was would, norm core. It was just like very obvious morality tales. Yeah. There is nothing so interesting as hearing evangelicals try to work out their theology in real life in very specific theological ways, right? right. And so like 30 years of Adventures in Odyssey has forced them to really get into like what that looks like in a way that McGee and me was never forced to because they just made like 10 half an yeah. hour tapes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if McGee and me made a billion episodes, I'm sure we'd get into some very specific situations that are fascinating. But it wasn't fascinating. We tried. Yeah. I would say, go ahead. Let your kids watch it. It's great. Do it. It's slightly boring. I'm not signing on to that. Why? Well. Our kids found it slightly boring. Anyways. Remember the first episode? I know. There's some... go. Yeah, we yeah. did one Go ep- listen to that. It was our last episode we aired. Um, there is troubling things to be found everywhere. That's true. So... We are rewinding. This is actually season three, and we are going to be talking about an entire season that Adventures in Aussie put out in 2014, and this season is called The Ties That Bind. And I do not know where that title comes from. I tried to look it up. I think it's from a hymn Hmm. about, like, people who are Christians will all go to heaven together someday. So, like, being bound to people. By in Christian faith or something like that. Anyways, um, why did we choose this 14-episode arc from 2014, Crispin? Because this specific album is, first of all, it is, I think that it's like the, was put on in, in, with support of like the Truth Project, but it was the specific album. Wait a minute. Can we just pause for a minute? Growing up evangelical, there's always like a Truth Project or like a Veritas... You remember that? Uh-huh. Is, is Veritas, like, Greek for truth or something? I think so. Yeah. Anyways. Right. I'm having Veritas flashbacks right now. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, it was this specific thing where basically they're looking at how do Christians engage with culture, okay. particularly around God's design for marriage and for family. So like how to win if say a culture is divided into two sides, almost as if it were a battle zone or a war. Is that why the cover has people playing tug of war (gasps) on it? We're playing tug of war in the culture war. Yes, culture culture tug of war. That's our new tagline. You're right. On this, I mean, it's not a cover of like cassette tapes but here's the deal you guys can look up the ties of that bind on the internet there's a thing called google you can google it and there's a wikipedia page where you can read about it 
you will see the images there. There's also um, a discussion guide that Focus on the Family put out for all these 14 episodes, which you can read those discussion questions. Basically so that they can implicit things during episodes that then forces parents to have these very uncomfortable conversations with their kids. Right. It's strategic. Everything's very strategic, which is why I don't feel bad about nitpicking it to death. Because mm-hmm. um, lots of time, money, effort, thought was put into these um, for very specific reasons. And we will get to those reasons. And they're pretty horrifying, if I'm being perfectly honest. But all that to say, uh, I would not suggest paying money to listen to these 14 episodes. Would you, Crispin? No. Okay. So what should we tell people to do here? Uh, just... One, you can follow along on our podcast. Do and people we will... need to listen to the episodes though no. for it to be an interesting podcast? They do not. In fact, I wish that someone else had listened to them and made a podcast about it because there are lots of very interesting and troubling parts. And then there are lots of parts that are totally boring and meaningless. I mean, how many hours did we listen to? Uh, a lot. I guess seven hours. <laughs> yes. Well. But it felt like a lot. Yes. And, yeah, it actually took a lot of endurance and perseverance. And there were times where Danielle was like, I cannot listen anymore. And I said, we just got to do it. And I submitted to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that's God's design. Right. Um, but he would, like, put it on the car and make me do it. So, anyways, <laughs> we did it for you, our five lovely listeners so you don't have to listen to the episodes we will recap the episodes and the themes are really um big enough and again we're almost doing like a service for you you don't have to listen to 14 episodes but you can hear all the juicy bits because we're going to include the juicy bits in uh this podcast and the reason why we want to do this is because it matters focus on the family is a big deal it was a big deal when i was growing up it still is a big deal and the themes that they are talking about in these episodes have real life consequences which um they do not address in in these episodes right Uh, well they do address but only in one specific manner right so yeah also i think that this whole album is a looking at if your faith is super important to you how do you let that inform your life, your public life, your politics, yeah. right? Uh, your community. Like, what does it mean to be a Christian and to value the Bible and let that inform um, how you do life with your community? Yeah. Right? Okay. Which I think are really important questions. Yeah. I think that we have uh, would come to different conclusions, but. Yeah. Well, this is good. This is almost like a segment we should probably do, which is like, what's good about this episode, right? <laughs> and I feel like you just said it. Like, people have thought this through. I guess we can say that's a positive thing in a way. So we're going to have this segment where we have to try really hard to come up with something. I have something. something right off the bat Okay, that was good. There was like a weird Twin Peaks joke. Mm-hmm. What are it called? Peaked Twins or something like that? Mm-hmm. Pins tweaked. I don't know. Yeah. I can't even remember it. Right. It was like, that was a twin speak joke. That was funny. Um, there was a guy with a Latino sounding name and an accent. Mm-hmm. So that was the first character I think I've heard of who is, and he's Pastor Juan, right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Yeah. Some representation. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Um, so before we get going and move away from the whether or not you want to listen. Oh, right. Sorry. So the first episode is available for you to listen to online if you want to hear it, if you want to get oriented, and if you want to... Get oriented. <laughs> and if you... I know that just came out, right? <laughs> And then if you want to hear a very awkward, infuriating conversation between Wit and one of the main characters that sets the tone for the rest of the season, you can definitely do that for free streaming online. Just Google Ties That Bind free episode. Yeah. So feel free to do it. Pause it right now. But come back. Mm-hmm. Come back and listen to us. Okay. So we talked about a few good things. Yes. Uh, and... Now, uh, we're going to recap this first episode. Right. right? Go for it. So I'm going to try and remember it. And I even just listened to it again today. But basically, this is an episode where Wit's hanging out with Connie and super boring. I don't remember anything. Castles and Cauldrons throwback, though. Remember? Wit, like, something's off. Something's off, guys. And Wit feels something is off. And he's like... Oh, I don't feel very good. And Connie's like, wow, you're so forgetful. But And Chrisman pointed out, like, this is definitely a throwback to the Dense Castles and Cauldrons or D&D episode where, you know, spiritual forces made Mr. Whitaker all woozy. So he's feeling woozy, so we know something's mm-hmm. happening. Then um, the subplot is there's this guy, Wooten, who's like this comic book guy, and he takes his girlfriend to this comic book convention, and then Connie's younger half-sister is there, and that's all kind of whatever – and then um, this lady comes to visit Wit at the shop, and she, her name is Miss Adelaide, and she's a public school teacher, although we don't know that yet, I guess. But uh, she wants to hang up a poster. Like, this is a really big deal. Like, she wants to hang up a poster for this festival. Uh, I'd like to hang up a poster. For tolerance and inclusivity. Then her and Mr. Whitaker have the world's most awkward conversation uh, which we will talk about in a minute. And then she goes off sort of in a huff and it's sort of like this is what the big battle is going to be between two of them. The other subplot, so I think there's like three main plots, right, in mm-hmm. this episode, is Eugene and his wife Katrina are considering sort of adopting this troubled youth named Buck who's in a halfway house and Pastor Juan is asking them would you like to become his guardians and have this be a halfway house kind of between him being in juvenile detention and entering into society and so Eugene and Katrina are going to pray about it mm-hmm. and yeah that's Great what job. I remember mm-hmm. I did it all? yeah <sighs> yeah I thought I was going to leave out some stuff oh, oh good right. okay so I don't think we need to talk about the two secondary plot lines because they'll come up in other episodes. In fact, uh, our next episode will be talking specifically about this idea of adoption and troubled youth. And <laughs> right. There's a lot going on in the next episode about that. But we need to talk about this central plot tension being around the hanging up of a poster. Mm-hmm. In the world of the culture war, this is a really big deal, but I'm still having a hard time wrapping my mind around why. Pause for a minute, because one thing that we need to not bypass is that Pastor Juan meets with them to talk about Buck, mm-hmm. right? And it becomes very clear 
that all of the halfway houses are in Connellsville, which is not in Odyssey. Oh, and that's also where the comic book convention is. Right, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff going on in Connellsville, which is like 20 minutes away from Odyssey. How but do, you, do you know it's really 20 minutes away? I'm pretty sure. Whoa. I do know this, that Wit previously had a policy that he doesn't put any posters up in his shop. Oh. Yeah, from a previous episode. Plot hole. Anyway. <laughs> because the consequences are dire for him not putting up this poster, as we will find out in later episodes. Yes, that's okay. true. But I think it's important to notice that, um, so there aren't any halfway houses in Odyssey. Nope, there aren't. There's, n- yeah. Right. What is and isn't in Odyssey is a very interesting question. Mm-hmm. And it sounds stupid, but the more you think about it, the more... I think you have to ask yourself this question, like, what kind of society are we trying to build for ourselves? A society where we only have to interact with certain kinds of people. Like, right? If everybody is Christian and redeemed, then we aren't going to need halfway houses, right? Um, And this theme is going to come up a lot. But let's talk about Miss Adelaide. Okay. And the... Is it a festival? Yeah, the festival. Yes, it's the Let's Get Together festival. But... If the name is not as important as what the festival Let's is about. Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Uh, is that the Beatles? No. Is it? I think it's from that movie about the twins. Anyways. Get together. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Things sh- what song is that? We'll figure it out later. Okay. So it's the Let's Get Together Festival. And what's most important about it is that there are some very dubious values associated, yeah. such as tolerance yeah. and inclusivity and family. Right. So this first part is Mr. Whitaker. First of all, what's up? What's up with his like tone? They're um, they both seem like they're trying really hard to be nice. Right. Right? Yeah, and I was trying to figure out like how do you how do you describe this tone? It's this like yeah, it's sort of I don't know, passive aggressive. And they're both seem to be talking over each other, which right. is interesting. Yeah. So the tension is right inclusivity, tolerance and family. Mr. Whitaker seems to have a problem with those terms not being defined. Yes. So he says like, you know, she's He's hesitant about putting up the poster. Yeah. Right? And she's like, surely you're not against inclusivity and tolerance. And he's like, no, I'm not. Although, it depends on how you define it. Right. So he is. He says, yeah, I'm all for inclusivity and tolerance, but, like, where are the limits of that? Aren't there certain things that you think are not okay? Surely you know what a family is. Oh, yeah, I do. But I'd love to know what the festival organizers think a family is. It's a group of people in a loving and nurturing relationship. Huh. Any group of people? Of course. We don't discriminate. Hmm, I see. And inclusivity and tolerance mean we're including and tolerating everyone, even people with whom we may not always agree. I assume you think it's important for people to try to get along. Oh, of course. I believe we should be courteous and respectful to one another. Perfect. So, where should I hang the poster? Yeah, but I'm wondering, though. Oh? Do the organizers think all behavior is acceptable or appropriate, no matter what? Well, no. Of course not. 
So there are some things that they wouldn't tolerate or include? Some things, no. Well, based on what? How do they decide what they'll include and tolerate and what they won't? I mean, the way you say it is nice, but the way he says it is like, well, of course I'm for inclusivity. Um, uh, but does that mean you tolerate everything? Like the way he yeah. says it, I just want to. What do you want to do? Oh, I'm a pacifist. I can't, I can't talk about what I want to do. But um, yeah, and he's and she's like, don't you think we should be courteous and respectful and tolerate people? And he. Well, no, he says, I think we should be courteous and respectful. But, like, do you tolerate everything? She's like, well, no. And then he's like, then how do you determine what, like, where your boundaries are, where your lines are? Which is an interesting thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need Captain Absolutely at that point to help us what, with what the absolute truth is. Yeah, so I think it's really interesting. And, and well, maybe we'll talk about this later, but at the very end of the episode, Chris, you know, Old Chris comes on and, and again says those words, tolerance and inclusivity. When you were growing up it, as an evangelical child, like, did do you get the sense that those were bad words? Um, it's hard to say. I don't – just being in China, I don't think I was part of that conversation necessarily. Okay. You kind of missed out on that. Right, yeah. But for you. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like really – negative, liberal, hokey words. And even more than hokey, just like this sense of it's a fool's errand. You know what I mean? I remember I was in uh, Bible college in Southern California and we visited the Museum of Tolerance, which is actually like a Holocaust memorial. And I was so off put by the name. Like Mm. I thought the name was so horrible. Which is really hard <laughs> to think about now. Um, I do think, though, I was also told, like, nobody wants to be tolerated, you know? So, like, it's a terrible word. So there's that, too. I've just never had a positive association with that word. Um, yeah, I guess as you're saying the word tolerance over and over and over again, I am noticing my response, which is like, yeah, like, that's, like, this negative yeah. sort of underlying yeah. feeling about it. Yeah. I don't think inclusivity was ever a big word when I was growing up. And now I have, you know, I guess I have good feelings about that word. But tolerance is still a hard one for me. So they're really harping on those two words. And then family. Right. And Mr. Whitaker's big deal is like, how do you define? And they talk about that a little bit later in this conversation. Like, it's just a group of people who love each other, Right. Um, and Mr. Whitaker saying that's obviously not like how the Bible. Right. Well, he says, I look to the Bible to tell me what What family is. Right. Yeah. And what the, like, what's appropriate or not appropriate. Well, I base my definitions on the Bible. And the organizers don't. Nor do I. So you're not going to allow me to put up that poster, are you? And then at that point, he says, oh, well, let's have a conversation about it. And she's like, no, I don't want to have a conversation with you if you just believe the Bible. I was told before coming here that I'd be wasting my time. You think this is a waste of time? I think this has been a helpful conversation. I'd love to talk more. I really don't see the point, Mr. Whitaker. Mm, That's too bad. Well, then, have a good weekend. You too. 
which is interesting. Like, it gets framed as, like, well, she's not willing to engage. Yeah. But Mr. Whitaker is just basically just said, like, well, I believe the Bible, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. So I think she's sort of, like, knows that she would be wasting her breath. Well, I think this episode is, is starting the seeds of this idea of, like, the intolerant, tolerant people, mm-hmm. right? Right. So people who are all about tolerance and inclusivity and a wider definition of family are actually intolerant of other beliefs, right? So I think that's setting up this belief in this this conflict. And you guys will want to stick around to hear all of the horrible rhetoric that is throughout this season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is just a tiny taste right. of where it ends up going. So... I mean, what what do we even want to talk about here? Except I just wonder what it would be like to be a kid listening to this because it is all sort of vague. It's not like he says, like, the Bible says marriage is between one man and one woman. Um, and the Bible says we should not tolerate people who do not conform to that. You know, he doesn't say that. And, in fact, Miss Adelaide at one point is like, can we just say what we mean? And then he's like, well, I thought we were. You know, mm-hmm. even though... They're not. Mr. Whitaker, shall we stop being evasive and simply say what we mean? Well, isn't that what we've been doing? Neither of them. Um, And so I I think it's good to be clear that these episodes revolve specifically around the ideas of marriage being between one man and one woman and um, gender normativity. Is that how you would say that? Yeah, which I was really surprised. I thought that it was just going to be focused on on marriage. And gender becomes a huge issue. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So those are like the two big issues in um, the culture war, would you say? Mm -hmm. And I think I am a little disengaged from things, even though I I still write for evangelicals and still in that world. Um, But I didn't quite realize how big these issues are and how they dovetail to evangelicals with this idea of religious liberty and their like ability to live out their values and run their businesses, right, Um, while still maintaining these values um, that the culture has moved on from. Um, So those are all things that are going to be addressed in these 14 episodes. And I don't think it's like too ridiculous to say that Focus on the Family and even this series was very strategic in order to encourage people to vote for certain candidates, right? That would protect their specific religious liberty and um, protect their beliefs about marriage and gender. I mean, do you think that's why this was put out? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and like you said, it was also put out to sort of force parents to have these conversations with their kids. Right. Because yeah. they're tricky. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the world is getting trickier. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. like we don't actually live in Odyssey where there are zero gay people, right? Um, right? So our kids are growing up in a world where there's more access to stories that don't fit the dominant culture narrative of evangelicals. Um, but that's why I think Focus on the Family has to make up these stories. I, I think that's what really bummed me out listening to all these is they carefully crafted this narrative, which doesn't align with any real life examples. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, yeah, the whole thing is like a very 
I mean, obviously, it fits the narrative. But it has real lasting impact, specifically with these discussion questions. And I just wanted to point out at the very end, Chris, you know, in her little chipper voice is like, what's wrong with tolerance and inclusivity and families being whatever they want to be? Well, let's keep listening to find out why. I mean, what's wrong with inclusivity and tolerance and families being whatever people want them to be? You know, and just setting up kids have that gut reaction to a festival that I'm assuming was created to make other people feel welcomed. Does that make sense? Like a let's get together festival that's about inclusivity um, and tolerance. Like they're doing that because these groups have been not tolerated and have been excluded. Right. And so this program is teaching kids to be automatically on guard against those who have already been excluded against in the culture. Right. And that's really sad. And I, I just want to say like that some people being included is seen as inherently threatening to evangelicals is really upsetting to me. This is this festival that is meant to make people feel welcome and feel a sense of belonging in the community. Yeah. And with like, well, not so fast. Right. Right. Like, yeah. what is so wrong about that? Right. Well, we'll Keep get listening. into why it's so wrong, <laughs> y'all. Well, so we have a new segment for this season. Yes. The Witsplain of the episode. Witsplaining moment. Yes. And we're going to drop it right here. Well, these days there are a lot of different ideas about family and inclusivity and tolerance. Yeah, I have a great ear for a good witsplain. Um. <laughs> I am just my my background and history with Mr. Whitaker just makes it hard for me to see those things. Most people are like you, Crispin, but not me. As everyone knows, I do not like him. There was a shocking lack of Eugene in this entire series, which I was sad about. And I'm trying to think if I have a new favorite character, but Wooten's okay. He's okay. He's a funny voice. Speaking of funny voices, you all need to stay tuned because there's some very famous voice actors on this series that I think will blow your mind. So keep listening for that. Okay, what what other segment we're we gonna have? Oh, we're gonna do discussion questions. Right. Yes. So focus on the family. Put out these discussion questions, and Crispin is gonna pick the best one from this episode, and then we're gonna answer it. Yes. Okay. What's the question, Crispin? So. What is Ms. Adelaide's attitude toward the Bible? Do you know people who feel the same way, and what can you say to them? Um, Ms. Adelaide hates God and the Bible, and uh, I do know people like that. I think they're trying to get kids to say, like, she and the rest of the culture has moved on, right? Isn't that what they say? Like, moved on from using the Bible in case you haven't noticed, many people in our culture have moved beyond ancient concepts in the Bible when it comes to defining things like family. From their rigid moral Well, world that's in view. a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves. Right, like people who no longer view the Bible as their guiding principle. I would say like, yeah, I know people who are like that. Um, I'm really more concerned with how Mr. Whitaker reads the Bible because... There's a lot to talk about when we talk about what is the Bible's view on family? What is the Bible's view on marriage? We probably shouldn't talk about this now. Are we going to talk about this in a different episode? Because I have a lot to say about that. 
Yeah, Danielle's been doing some reading about from some actual scholars about womanist scholars, y'all. Old Testament views of marriage, and it is different than Mr. Whitaker's definition. Which, by the way, it really bothers me when people talk about the Bible's definition of marriage because the Bible is not a dictionary. And like, what is the Bible's view on tolerance and inclusivity? Like, Mr. Whitaker is saying, like. The Bible has, like, a very concrete, easy definition of all these terms. Right, yeah. Which they never actually make clear in these episodes, which is troubling. Um, But that's not true. Do you think so, Crispin? Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Inclusivity, I would just say, like, Christ is reconciling himself to all people, Mm -hmm. right? Like, the reconciling work of Jesus is for all. Um. Yeah, definitely. Stuff like that, but... Right. I just... Yeah. I mean, I think that, that, like, even Jesus talks about, like, loving enemies, welcoming those who are outsiders. Yeah. Like, that really... He says, be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect. Yeah. But that comes right after talking about loving enemies, inviting yeah. those that can't, like, that are outsiders. Like, I just want to say this to Mr. Whitaker, but again, there's nobody in Odyssey who doesn't, like, fall hook, line, and sinker in step with all the correct doctrine or whatever. I would just want to tell Mr. Whitaker, like, the Bible, the most basic definition of marriage in the Bible is polygamous, right? Like, that's the vast majority of marriages in the Bible, including the New Testament, mm-hmm. right? So I don't want to be anti-Semitic and say it's an Old Testament problem. Like, but if Jesus, if, like, Paul had to clarify, right? Right, elders yeah. should only have one wife, like, polygamy was still being practiced. Um these marriages were not egalitarian, which I don't think Mr. Whitaker would care about. But, um, I mean, marriages in the Bible are full of suffering and abuse of women and injustice and myriads of sexual partners. Um, and again, it kind of comes with how you interpret the Bible. If you view God being pro that or God, um, just being more of an outside observer who um, is not saying, not sanctioning those things, but it's so, so much more complicated than what Mr. Whitaker is saying. And that's really upsetting to me. Yeah. But Mr. Whitaker doesn't have anybody like me in Odyssey. So I just in my car yelling at him, <laughs> wishing I could be in Odyssey. Although what would I do if I actually lived there, Christmas? What would I be like? I'd be Miss Adelaide. It's true, yeah. I'd be the liberal public school teacher. We've talked about that before, right? Yeah. We can move to a small town. Um, (laughs) I think that it is a really good question, though, about if we really do value the Bible, which we do, Mm -hmm. right? How do we then engage with others, first of all, that don't, Yeah. right, that don't value the Bible, um, and also just recognizing that there are lots of different ways to interpret scripture. Yeah. Right. Which I think is what they wrestle through throughout this season and what we'll be yeah. talking about. So, so the positive thing is we all need to wrestle with this. And I feel like I am guilty of being like, I live in a very diverse, very pluralistic setting. We're all great. We're all good. Just everybody just try and do your own thing. And, um, you know, I don't think that's. Enough. I really don't. And so thinking through, like, I want Jesus to transform everything about my life and everything about the way I live my life, including 
um, how I view relationships, my even like sexuality, being married, being in a covenant marriage relationship, how I view my money, economics, how I view education. You know what I mean? I want following Jesus to change everything about my life. Um, that is really important to me. And I need to think through better. What do we do when we have some real differences? And I think that's really important. I'm just super bummed that in this world of Odyssey, the differences all seem to revolve around issues of gender and same-sex marriage. Yeah. Like those are the two issues that God is most concerned that Christians stand up to. And it's so simple and so basic what we're supposed to do um, in the light of our culture changing. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are so many ways it would, in which following Jesus puts you at odds with culture. Yeah. And so, yeah, how, what does that look like? How can we be anti, not anti, how can we be followers of Christ in an empire without it turning into a culture war? That's a really good question. This episode and the following series, it seems almost petty in some ways, but I know it has real consequences, especially for people who are sexual minorities or... Um, you know, don't identify with the gender they were assigned at birth. And so I, I want to be cautious. And I think both of us also want to be honest and say these are really complicated topics and we're not experts and uh, we'll probably get some things wrong. But we do we have an agenda? Um, I want to say we don't, but that's not true exactly. But I do want to say that both of us know that People can want to follow God and read the scriptures and walk away with different perspectives. And we acknowledge that as a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we don't want or need everybody to conform to our way of beliefs, um, but we are people of privilege. So I just want to say that. Yeah, definitely. I think that was really well put. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... So thinking about next episode, I feel like I don't want to think about it. What 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 can people expect? What can they look forward to? Well, we're gonna unpack one of the weirdest things about evangelicalism, which is being very intense about marriage, being very narrowly defined in family, um, and yet they're also obsessed with adoption. <laughs> right. So we'll get into that whole can of worms. Also, the ink pen episode is coming. Oh, no. guys, is that this next one? Yes. No. So we're going to talk about adoption and... The uh, world's most awkward metaphor. Why I don't even know how to talk about it. Can we just call it the ink pen incident? Yes. Yes. God's designed for certain body parts, possibly. (laughs) It's terrifying. Yes. Stay tuned. Christmas can I tackle that one? <laughs> nope. Oh. We're just gonna let it sit there. He's already sweating, you guys. Anyways, thanks for listening. We're happy to be back. Um we're taking one for the team, listening to these episodes and talking about them. But as always, we'd love to hear feedback from you. If you've you know, by some chance have listened to the ties that bind all fourteen episodes, we'd love to hear from you. I always forget our email address. What is it, Christmas? It is prophetic imagination station at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at the PIS podcast, Prophetic Imagine. And we don't have an Instagram, but you can follow me on Instagram because I post about it. I'm DL Mayfield on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. Yeah. Thanks for listening. 
This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes and stay tuned for weekly discussions.